0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt.
1: Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to awesome, faith-filled Catholic teenagers about all kinds of different topics, all kinds of different faith issues, and then we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations, and it is our hope and our prayer that in listening, you will gain insight and wisdom, maybe even a little bit of the courage you need to have these conversations with your own Catholic teenagers. We are calling today's program God's Masterpieces, and here to explore this topic are three of God's great masterpieces. i I will attest to that. Awesome Catholic teenagers. We have Evan, who is a student at Bishop Hartley High School and attends St. Catherine. And we have Zach, who's a student at Olin Tangi and attends St. John Newman. And we have Aaron, who's a student at Westerville North High School and who attends St. Matthew. So thank you all for being here for sharing your awesomeness with us today. <laughs> Super excited to have you on the show. Um, Ephesians 2.10 For we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance that we should live in them. So Zach, are you a masterpiece?
2: Um, I think so. Yeah? I hope so.
1: <laughs> Aaron, are you a masterpiece? Well, that
0: tells me I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very good answer! Yeah! Evan, are you a masterpiece?
3: Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Do you, so do you know this in your heart? Like, do you know in your heart I'm a masterpiece or do you just know it because you've heard it and learned it and you know, that's what you're supposed to think. Truth time here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like it's something that it's easy to know, but hard to believe.
1: Okay. Ooh, what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, it like, um, I'm trying to figure out a way to word this. Um, I feel like so often we feel like we're conceited if we say, like, things that are good about ourselves, and then there's often an incorrect view of humility thinking that by, um, like, being self-deprecating in any way is showing that you're humble, um, which is skewed. That's not what humility is. Um, so I feel like it's hard, especially for a lot of kids who are striving for, like, humility and striving for sainthood. That it's hard for them to believe that they're masterpieces, and they want to remain humble.
1: It gets really complicated, yeah. doesn't it? Because then also we're throwing all the cultural issues and all the cultural expectations about humility versus pride or mm-hmm. boast or yeah. I, I don't know. What would you add to that, Evan or Zach? Like, do you th- do you believe that? Because in your heart you know it's true, and you know you're awesome. Or do you believe it because? <laughs> Uh, you've been told that, or maybe you believe it because you know that God is capable of that, even if you aren't always feeling
2: that. I guess it's a combination of the second, third one um, that I've just been taught it so much that, you know, I've grown to believe it, but also that um, just like God is so great and God doesn't make mistakes. So
1: that's so comforting, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Do you think most teenagers believe they're God's handiwork? Not even Catholic teenagers, just the general teenager do
2: no.
3: Well, it depends on it depends on who like yeah. who you're talking about because I would say like if you're like an incredible athlete or somebody who's really popular, you'd say, well, "Yeah, God obviously meant to create me because I'm awesome." But if say you're somebody who doesn't get talked to or something like that, they might say, "Oh, I might be a mistake or something like that." I feel like- and that could be that that might be why it would be if they weren't Catholic then that would probably be why they would why they
1: might doubt
0: that. Why
3: they might doubt that, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like going off of that, I feel like it would be it's easier to think of that. Like think you're like a masterpiece in like certain areas. Like think you're perfect at this, this or this, but you're obviously weren't meant to do this, this or this and think that you're a failure when you look at those aspects.
1: Is it that? Is it like one or the other? Or or can people Recognize, okay, these are my gifts, and these are not my gifts, and it's all part of who I am, as designed by God. Or is it more like, wow, I'm such a failure (laughs) at at these particular?
0: I feel like it really depends on like the time and the person. Okay, so like there's sometimes like you might like bomb a test and think like, okay, well that was just one test. Like I'm still a good student, I'm still smart. Or you might bomb a test and be like, I'm such an idiot. I'm never going to graduate.
1: Okay. Um, Evan, going back to what you were saying about somebody who's who's a great athlete or a great student or popular, it might be easier for them to see themselves as God's handiwork. Do you think that in general people attribute that to God? Or do people attribute that to themselves or genetics or coaches, good coaches or?
3: I think generally they probably wouldn't attribute that to God as their first, as at first they would probably just attribute that to how they've mostly probably how they've grown up and who their parents are and they've probably and they've looking looked at everybody else probably and probably god wouldn't be first on their list for the credit for their success
1: okay um okay let's talk about the kids who have at some point understood i'm a masterpiece Right, I am, I am created by God, out of love for God, exactly as I am. But then this same kid screws up, you know, makes a mistake, sins, pulls away from God, whatever. Is it a struggle for us to believe in God's limitless mercy? Like, even if we've screwed up, even if we've sinned, even if we've, if we're not happy with who we are or where we are, can we still consider ourselves masterpieces or does our fallen nature sort of get in the way of that?
2: I think we're, I think we can still like look at ourselves as a masterpiece. Um, even though we have all of our faults because God knew that when he created us. Um, but I think it is easy to kind of look at god and do the like how can you still love me after i've done all this um and it's hard to see that he does have limitless mercy unlimited unlimited mercy like you said um
1: zach when you're feeling that way what what reminds you of god's mercy
2: Is um usually when i'm feeling that way i have like these god incidences i call them <laughs> um where i'll just be like going about my day and then something will happen that will remind me of a retreat or a talk that I heard. Um, and that just brings me right back up. It brings me, my spirits back up.
1: We live in a, such an unforgiving world. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, like if you gain weight, especially <laughs> for women, or if you make a mistake or if you say the wrong thing or e- even if you wear the wrong clothes, you know, that kind of sticks with you, especially among—well, I was going to say especially among teenagers, but actually just as much among adults. Um, we're, we're sort of conditioned to wallow in our mistakes or to see our mistakes through other people's eyes. And I think that this has a profound impact on our ability to believe that we're loved by God, no matter what we've done. Because we're judging ourselves not by God's standards, but by other people's standards. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Is that true among your peers? Like, or, or among you guys, do you judge yourselves more by worldly standards or by godly standards?
0: I think it depends on the, on, like, on the circumstance and, like, the specific thing. Like, the specific thing I'm judging myself over. Um, There's definitely times that, like, I compare myself with my friends and, like, will feel awful about something or with my peers or, like, classmates or whatever. And then there's times that, like, if I'm, like, striving, like, for example, like, striving for humility and then... I look at the saints and I compare myself to the saints, which definitely they lived according to God's will and purpose. They're saints now. so
1: <laughs> Right. Um, do you ever do you ever find that when you're in the middle of comparing yourself to others and, you know, using worldly standards? Are you ever able to shift your mindset and say, wait a minute, this isn't the standard by which I want to judge myself? more
0: so now than i was a f- couple of years ago. Okay. It's kind of something that you have to like condition yourself to do because it's i find it like it's very it was at least for me it's very unnatural to do it like that.
1: Cuz we haven't done that our whole <laughs> no. lives, right? We're we're yeah, we're letting media and peers and whoever else condition us, yeah. right? Unfortunately, we seem to have more exposure to that sort of conditioning than to our holy conditioning. Yeah. Um so, when we don't recognize ourselves as perfect creations of God, like in those moments when we're doubting that, or in those moments when we're feeling like we've failed, do you think do you think people sometimes strive for other kinds of perfection, sort of to replace the holiness? I guess what I mean by that is I guess another way to ask that are what are some ways that teenagers specifically respond or react? Or, or act out when they don't recognize themselves as God's masterpieces, like when they're feeling less than perfect.
2: I mean, I guess maybe if you don't see um, your worth in God, you might look to other things to find worth in, um, such as popularity, being really good at sport, um, to where you would just devote a disproportionate amount of time to that one thing um, to compensate for the fact that that you don't feel in touch with god
1: yeah uh, anybody want to add to that okay what about um i would agree with that 100 percent. and that that applies in so many different areas what about like destructive behaviors do you think that destructive behaviors kind of are replacements for feeling inadequate or feeling or not recognizing our value or i'm thinking of like cutting or eating disorders or suicide, you know, suicidal thoughts or pornography or addictions, that sort of thing. Where do you think though, other than, other, other than the ones that come from mental illness, I don't want to undermine that at all, right? That's, that's obviously a totally different realm. But in terms of those things that are motivated by, are those things motivated by, um, lack of awareness of how amazing we are in God's eyes?
0: I feel like they would have to be um because there's such an epidemic especially within like our generation that's like such a problem that we see within our schools and like yeah there's like that there's the mental illness factor within it but also mental illness isn't it can't be affecting that many people as the people who are like experiencing these issues and experiencing these addictions.
1: Yeah and I guess that's what I'm wondering like If everyone, if we all recognized ourselves, if we all saw ourselves as God sees us, would we struggle with those things? Do you think?
0: I think due to our fallen nature, we would like to an extent, but if we were to recognize how, like how God sees us and how he created us, I think that would be, we wouldn't have struggled with them as much. Okay, And that when we like fall into temptation and when we like fall into this, like this way of thought it would be easier to get ourselves like back out of it and to get ourselves back on our feet.
1: Have there been times in your own lives when you've doubted that you were a masterpiece? You don't have to be specific about it, but have there been times when you've been like, oh, I stink.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that because there have definitely been times in my life <laughs> I shouldn't say I'm glad to hear that. I'm not glad to hear that. But it makes me feel better about my own weakness, right? But so, where do you draw strength when you when you find yourself in that sort of frame of mind? Where do you draw strength? How do you get yourself out of that sort of thinking? Adoration, yeah. Honestly, yeah.
0: Um, I've started to make adoration more of like more of a routine thing in my life, and since then, it's a lot easier to like look and like wallow less in self pity and focus more on on like Jesus and like and everything that like he created me to be and focusing on that like keeping Jesus in the front of your mind instead of you that's an easier it's a very easy way to get out of like that funk
1: can you explain you might not be able to but can you explain what happens to you in adoration like what is it that you're experiencing when you're there Aaron
0: peace and quiet okay um especially like having like a crazy schedule all the time. Um, it's really nice to just have, even if it's just like 10 or 15 minutes, to just sit down in a quiet church and just like have that peace there where like, you know, no matter what happens, this is the most important part of my day.
1: I love that you explained it just by saying peace and quiet. Because I think a lot of times we go into exposition and adoration thinking, oh my God, <laughs> shine your light on me. Like send <laughs> these crazy Jesus vibes through me you know make me but really I mean just as powerful is just if if you let it be yeah. is that sense of peace because um, do you experience that peace anywhere else in any part of your day? Not quite like I do in an adoration Yeah, <laughs> Yeah it's it's not attainable no. I think anywhere else. Mm-mm. So Zach and Evan what about you guys if, in the times in your lives when you kind of get down on yourself or kind of doubt how amazing you are where do you guys draw strength?
2: Usually for me, talking it out with like a really good friend helps. Um there's like this one friend that I just always go to with everything. Um and they'll come to me with everything. Um so we we're just there for each other to talk it out. Um and to remind each other of each other's self-worth. Um when we ourselves don't really see it.
1: Is this a fellow Catholic friend? Yeah. So uh, th- the context is Christ, right? The context of your conversation is the 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 inspiration is Christ, right? When you're lifting each other up, or when you're reminding yourself of each other, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's not just like, come on, Zach, you're amazing, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. you're totally buff, and you're, you know, whatever, you're a good student.
2: No, I mean I know all that already. <laughs> but <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about you, Evan? Where do you draw string?
3: I usually, since I, I usually pray and i'd go to prayer and i usually think of how god doesn't make mistakes and i usually i go to think about what my strengths are to possibly see what where god is calling me because i know that i'm gonna find something where i'm going to have a purpose and have a place and belong and so i just i just kind of think like it's i'm going to eventually find my strength and where i like eventually belong. So, yeah. so you
1: kind of f- turn it around and focus on the positive, like yeah. here's who I am. Here's who God created me to be. Yeah. Here's what God is. That's. Um. So since this is a show for parents, let's talk specifically about how your parents help you through those periods of doubt. Do they, like, do you let them in? Are they aware when you're doubting? Are they aware when you're feeling insecure or self-conscious or,
3: uh yeah i usually like i in a past in uh of a couple times i think of i can i have been able to talk to them about about my problems with like if i have had any and usually they just kind of usually they just kind of like are there to support me and like whenever like whenever i need them just kind of like just be there to talk but not like try to like push me too hard to anything because i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty small and so like i've there's and everybody at hartley seems to tower over me so it's kind of like it's kind of hard it's kind of hard sometimes because everybody's great athletes and so it's it's kind of hard not time at times to find where you fit in
1: so that's that's kind of a a source of your struggle sometimes yeah is that yeah But your parents are there and parents are forever in this position. Like, what do I say? (laughs) What do I (laughs) not say? (laughs) What does my child need from me right now? You know? And so that's, that's, that sounds good. Your parents are, you just know that your parents are there and that they support you and that they love you and that, what about you, Evan or Aaron? Anything to add to that? Any, any strength you've drawn from your parents or any way that
3: <laughs> uh, Zach. Zach
1: or Aaron? Sorry. Any uh, way that your parents have given you encouragement?
0: I think that like my parents always know more or less what I'm going through. Um, I'm not always great at vocalizing it, but like I'm their fifth child, so they are always no. They, they have that, that like sixth sense. They always know oh, if there's something the groundwork going. <laughs> has been laid yeah. before you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> and so like if it's something big, like um, one of my parents will like talk to me about it. But especially if it's like if it's not something that's like huge, um, they let me like work through it. And but they always let me know that they're there. That, okay. So if I need them. Or, like, if there's any situation in which I need to talk to them, or if I need their guidance, or if I just need, like, a shoulder to cry on, like, they're always there. So,
1: kind of the same thing that Evan was saying, yeah. just that presence. Yeah. Um. So, we've talked about the challenges we face in viewing ourselves as God master- God's masterpieces, but let's move on to the challenge of viewing others as God's <laughs> masterpieces. <laughs> uh, without naming names, are there people... Um. In our lives or in your lives, that you have a hard time viewing as beloved by God or loved by God.
3: Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, you're all like Definitely.
1: vigorously nodding <laughs> your head. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: in in a general sense, again, no no names, but are there are there general categories of people that fit into this? Um, I know for some people, it's like criminals or immigrants or the elderly or republicans or democrats or you know i don't know like would you are there general categories
3: i think the biggest biggest one is is people who are who i've grown to know so well but then they make a like they make a really i would like a really bad decision and that And that kind of just like throws them off for a really long time. And I'm just sitting there like, why did you do that? So that, (laughs) like you lose
1: respect for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to distinguish a loss of respect with a loss of Christian charity, I, I think. Like still viewing them with Christian charity when you have lost so much respect for them. Yeah, that's a struggle. Any other groups of people that Zach or Aaron, you would add to that?
0: people who are like intolerant of different beliefs or different practices um i tend it try to keep patient with them but often that's where my patience is really tested
1: okay um so you have no tolerance for intolerance yes i'm just (laughs) (laughs) i get that actually (laughs) ironically okay
2: yeah i mean same as Aaron for me i mean i have a few friends who are just completely oblivious to anything I have to say to them um, when the topic of religion comes up or um, recently it's been the abortion topic that's come up and they're just completely like they don't want to hear anything on my side because they're just so stuck in their own beliefs.
1: And that's hard to love people through that or to feel genuine Christian love for people when they're so far away from your truth, mm-hmm. right? Or from truth, I yeah. should say. Not your truth, but truth. Um, yeah, I, I try to remember Jeremiah 1, five. before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you, a prophet to the nations, I appointed you. And I read this and think, yay, me, right? God loves me so much and I'm awesome. And he knew me before he formed me. And then I think, actually, though, this scripture relates to everyone who's reading it, <laughs> right? This isn't just about me. This also applies to that person who really made me mad. Um, So if everyone is God's handiwork and if God loves everyone, even before they're born. And we know this, right? We know this as much as we know that we are God's masterpieces. But why do we, why do we doubt that, that people have been perfectly created by God? Why, how does that doubt even creep in?
0: I feel like it's almost easier to see the faults in other people than it is to see the faults in yourself. Why
1: is that? What do you think?
0: I think because when it's when it's the faults within ourselves, there's a lot of like denial that goes on because we want to believe that we're perfect and we want to believe that like we're doing everything the right way and we're not making any mistakes. Um, we want to be like happy with who we are so we kind of like push aside all of the bad things. And then with other people, I feel like it's easy to almost look at their faults to push them down. To make ourselves look better i feel like that's like a very common thing whether or not like to whatever extent like some people do it more or less i feel like that's like a really easy thing to fall into especially with people that you don't necessarily get along with
1: yeah i was gonna ask a little bit more about that um kind of going off what you were saying what are some things that we do to other people when we when we deny that they're god's masterpieces like when we don't want to recognize that like i I was thinking you know gossip oh yeah Yeah, is the big big one one. yeah um bullying maybe um even hatred just hating someone you know (laughs) not being able to find any love for them rumors so and then so that's just kind of us on a personal level but then if you take that a step further on a cultural level sometimes we go ahead and apply that to like whose life is worth living or whose you know whose life has more value um zach you were talking about disagreeing with your friends on the abortion issue Mm -hmm. that's kind of at the root of that issue right right which life is more valuable the mother's which usually doesn't even deal with life just deals with comfort Mm -hmm. or the the baby um so I don't know. I think that's a really subtle way that we don't recognize the masterpiece of that baby, you know, yeah. for cultural reasons. Um, I don't know. Are there any other ways culturally that you know of that you can think of where we where we just don't respect the lives of other people or, or we we place value? We place different value on different lives.
2: I guess um, maybe like with the death penalty. Uh, when people like right. believe in the death penalty, just because someone's done um, so many wrongs, they deserve to die. Other than us who have sinned, and sin is sin. It's not greater in one person than the other. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that's another controversial topic that also deals with the value of life.
1: And actually, now that we're into this, we should probably do a whole other episode on this particular (laughs) topic. Um, The UCAT, which is the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, I hope you all have a copy. Parents, if you're listening, I hope your teenager has a copy. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. But question 378 says, an attack on life is a sacrilege committed against God. Human life is sacred. This means that it belongs to God. It is his property. Even our own life is only entrusted to us. God himself has given us the gift of life. Only he may take it back from us. I don't know. I find a lot of comfort in that. Like I don't have to put value on, my, on, on other people's lives because God alone yeah. puts the value on life. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's close with a prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for creating us with love. Thank you for the masterpieces that we are. We ask you to help us recognize that in ourselves and in each other. And in your precious name, we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Evan, Zach, and Aaron, thank you so much for being here today.
0: Thank Thank you for having us.
1: Uh, um, You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. And until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now.
0: Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM 820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.